Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> This is my stepson. Speaks boy. Okay. See how he's ready. Is she ready? Yeah. Morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to call to order the meeting of the State of Nevada Board of Pardons. The Executive Secretary, please call the roll. Justice Paragari. Present. Justice Hardesty. Present. Justice Pickering. Present. Justice Gibbons. Here. Justice Cherry. Here. Justice Douglas. Present. Chief Justice Seda. Here. Attorney General Masto. Here. Governor Sandoval. Here. We will move on to agenda item number two, public comment. Is there any member of the public here would like to provide public comment? And if you would identify yourself for the record. Anya Brown, advocate for the innocent. Okay. And good morning, Ms. Brown. Good I morning. will ask you to be brief with your comments, given we have 12 um, applicants before us today. I understand. Yeah. Um, thank you. Over the years, I have attended several pardons board hearings and meetings. I believe the last pardons board I had attended placed on the agenda was the board was considering to accept those who maintain innocence. It was not accepted. I ask that you adopt a policy to allow those who maintain innocence a chance at their freedom and not die in prison because of overzealous prosecutors wanting to get and keep a conviction at all cost. Perhaps with this new development and the loss of an innocent man, Nolan Klein, the pardons board will now allow those who maintain innocence to be allowed to appear before them. New information has come to light with regard to those who have maintained innocence, including Nolan Klein as well as others. For instance, recently I have hired a private investigator who has located the prime suspect the police believe committed the crime Nolan Klein was wrongfully convicted of. This exculpatory evidence on the prime suspect was withheld from the defense, the victims, and the jury. The suspect has admitted that he had knowledge about this Payless shoe store crime as well as other crimes the police believed were committed by the same person. We now know that Mr. Klein was not charged nor convicted of those crimes because those victims had cleared Mr. Klein and however none of these victims knew about these, these, this suspect. I've attached the, uh, the, um, the, the exhibit. 
Uh, we've always wondered what the suspect looked like, and after 23 years now, we now know, and he still resembles the composite sketch, and no one ever did. As I listened to what the investigator and the suspect had to say, I found it interesting that when he inquired into this crime that Mr. Klein was convicted of, he was told by the police they picked up a person and they put him away for a long time. That person was Nolan Klein. As you may recall, Nolan Klein appeared before you on October 29, 2008. Although Nolan Klein's attorneys did submit to the board the evidence of the Washoe County District Attorney, Dick Gamick, admitting that they opened up the DNA and tested it, and we demanded to know where the results were, that they were hidden from us, you denied Nolan a pardon, with the exception of Governor Brian Sandoval, because he was not a part of this board. Shortly thereafter, Nolan Klein's attorneys filed a wa in Washoe County a motion to compel Dick Gamick to turn over the test results. In May 2009, Judge Adams ordered Dick Gamick to turn over the test results and the entire file in Nolan Klein's case. On June 10, 2009, the entire file was turned over and the rest is history. I want you to know this before you decide to dismiss the petition for exoneration. During the June 24, 2009 pardons board hearing, I provided you the evidence that was found hiding in the DA's file. See the writ of mandamus I've attached. I've provided this Pardons Board with a list of defendants' names to one degree or another who have had their constitutional rights violated by the Washoe County District Attorney's Office, for example, Stephen Barker for discovery violations, withholding exculpatory evidence. In one particular case, DNA evidence that exonerates. That's the second to the last page, in which it states that um, Mr. Barker has not, was, was not planning on using CARES DNA evidence in this case in chief at trial. It exonerates the defendant. This point clearly illustrates Mr. Barker's bad faith in this matter and his utter contempt towards the reciprocal rules of discovery. I've attached several other cases in which one prosecutor, Stephen Barker, and yet he has been cited and sanctioned by the state bar. Supreme Court, the courts, and yet he still is allowed to continue to practice law within the, the Washoe County District Attorney's Office. However, I do believe he has quit his job this year, but still, this is an ongoing, and these are just prime examples of what. And I'm asking here today that you allow and adopt a policy to allow those who have maintained innocence to appear before this board. They shouldn't have to die in prison, as I stated because a person, a prosecutor, the courts want to protect of those who have committed heinous acts themselves by withholding evidence that clearly would have exonerated or does exonerate those who maintain innocence. Um, thank you, and I'll wait till public comment at the end, because not only is it the Washoe County's, it's also the Attorney General's office who withholds exculpatory evidence, and I'll wait for public comment at the end. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Is there any other member of the public who would like to provide public comment pursuant to agenda item number two? I'll close the public comment portion of the agenda and move on to agenda item number 3A. Is Hyla Chamber present? Chamber, S-C-H-A-M-B-E-R. Mr. Executive Secretary, was there any indication whether she was going to appear? Uh, I received no indication that she would not be here. I actually made contact with her by phone and through mail, and uh, she did need to be here for the hearing. Well, then we'll, I'll trail this one. Perhaps we could have somebody try to reach out to her to see if she is perhaps running late. 
And we'll move on to agenda item number B, Rick Larson, 3B. Sir, if you'd state your name for the record. Rick Lewis Larson. Mr. Larson, did you wish to, to make a statement? I don't have a statement today. Did you wish to make any kind of a verbal presentation to the, the Pardons Board with regard to your application? Uh, no, simply here to answer any questions or, or concerns that may have arisen. Okay, thank you. Questions um, from the Pardons Board members? Move to approve the uh, relief sought. Justice Hardesty has made a motion to approve um, the relief sought by Mr. Larson. Is there a second? Second. Chief Justice Seda has made a second to approve the application. Is there any discussion or questions on the motion? I have a question for the Pardons Board about uh, restoring the rights to uh, have a weapon. What uh, criteria do you use? as to whether that should be part of the, uh, the pardon. Uh, Justice Cherry, uh, would you be directing that question to Division of Parole and Probation and their recommendation? He, whoever wants to answer it, whoever feels uh, confident to answer is fine with me. I'd like to know why the recommendation is uh, to restore that particular right. For the record, Mark Woods, Acting Chief for Parole and Probation. When we review these files, we basically look on any kind of history of violence, uh, any use of a weapons in the past, um, and if, in our opinion, if the uh, weapon uh, was used in the crime or potentially could have been used, we'll take all that into consideration. And in this particular case, we didn't see that. We don't see the weapons as an issue at all, and that's usually how we make our recommendation. What about mental illness? We take that into consideration, yes. Is there any evidence that this man has had any uh, mental illness at all? No. And you feel confident that it's uh, all right that uh, we restore civil rights, including the use of uh, the right to carry a weapon? Yes. The right to have a weapon? Yes. Nothing further. Thank you, Justice Chair. Are there any further questions from Board of Pardons members? Do we have a motion and a second? All in favor of the motion? Oh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Executive Secretary, I'm sorry, I'm used to some other boards. But, uh, and Governor, just to <laughs> just to uh, reaffirm, we have a motion to grant an unconditional pardon that would include the right to bear arms. Justice Paragary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion passes to Grant. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Next item is item 3C, Ms. Jeannie Ogden. Good morning, ma'am. If you would please state your name for the record. It was Jeannie McEnany, formerly Jeannie Ogden. Will you spell your new that the last name, please? My new last name, M-C-A-N-A-N-Y. 
McEnany? Is that McEnany. Nanny, okay. Ms. McEnany, did you wish to make a presentation to the board? Um, yeah, I would just like to say a few things to the board. That um, when I committed my crime back in 95 and 96, it was a really bad time in my life. And, um, you know, I'm really ashamed of what I did. I'm sorry for what I did. I shamed my family, you know, and I'm just very sorry. I feel that I've paid back all my dues. I've did time in prison. I've paid all my restitution. I've tried to make it right with everyone involved in my cases. And um, that's why I'm addressing the board today to try to, I don't want to go the rest of my life being an ex-felon. So that's pretty much it. Thank you, Ms. McEnany. Questions from board members? I'll move to approve the uh, relief sought. I'll second it. There's a motion by Justice Paragary to approve the release sought and the application of Jeannie Ogden. A second by Justice Cherry. Are there any questions or is there any discussion on the motion? Mr. Executive Secretary, if you would call the roll. Justice Paragary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion passes to grant. Thank you all very much. Thank you, ma'am. Good, Good luck to you. Thank you. Next matter is 3D, John Perry. Mr. Perry present. Good morning. Good morning, sir. If you'd please state your name for the record. John Perry. Sir, do you wish to make a presentation? I have nothing prepared. Um, I do want to say to the board, uh, I have made some mistakes. I'm Four choices. Um, the uh, incident, which brings me before you today, actually was very life-changing. Uh, I had to take a long look at myself. Um, it was some time ago. Now I'm a loving husband and father. Um, I have twin nine-year-old girls and a little five-year-old boy. It's going to be six next month. Um, I try to lead by example. Um, that being said, this would be a good step in trying to be a good example for my children. Um, that's all I have. Mr. Perry, are you seeking um, pardon of your misdemeanor convictions as well as your felony convictions? Yes, sir. And do you wish to address those convictions as well? Um, yes, I had an, uh, an incident with my brother-in-law. Um, it was, uh, we fought like, uh, you know, brothers. We had been gone to high school together. And uh, um, it was just a stupid thing that happened. Um, and 
we're still friends today. Um, it was, uh, I'm sorry for that. Um, I haven't, uh, I have a little bit of an impulse control problem uh, when it came to my brother-in-law. Uh, but as since we've, we've, we're, we're still close. Um, and he is my, going to be my brother-in-law again. I don't know how that works. Uh, is remarrying my sister. Um, the second incident with uh, my ex-fiance, um, I was uh, recovering from a broken neck. I was still braced up, and that was just uh, another lapse in judgment. Um, I have no excuse for that. There's no reason ever to raise your hand at anybody, um, especially as big as I am. And, uh, and I'm sorry. Questions from other board members? Yeah. Chief Justice. Um, have you and or do you continue to receive treatment with respect to um, addictions, such as NAAA? I mean, your original no, crime arose from something that concerns me. No, ma'am. I, I uh, did attend um, a, a counseling uh, for that. Um, and it did, it opened my eyes uh, up to, you know, what I was doing to myself, but nothing since. You self-admitted um, to an impulse control problem. You believe you still have that problem? Oh, no, ma'am. You received treatment for that, too, I presume? I did, um, I did uh, go to a... Uh, they called it an anger management class. Um, it was every Wednesday, I believe, for two years. It's the court ordered. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Governor, I had a question too. If I could, if I, I'll go to the Attorney General and then you, Justice Gibbons. Mr. Perry, um, I, I did not see a letter of support from your current wife. Did, did I miss that, or was there no letter of support provided? I, you know, I didn't ask her for one. Okay. Is she here with you today? No, she's at home with the kids. Uh, and I would like second question, clarification, Brian or Connie. Um, the, the request that he is seeking a pardon from two misdemeanor battery convictions, there is no requirement to uh, pardon those misdemeanor battery convictions because the civil rights were not taken away. Is that correct? That is correct, Attorney General. Okay, so we are not here today on uh, pardoning those two misdemeanor battery convictions. No, if the board chose, they could not take any action on those convictions. He did not lose any rights. Thank you. Well, I have a question in that regard. With the uh, uh, battery convictions, uh, if they were domestic violence convictions, then uh, they can't be in possession of a gun if they're convicted of that particular offense. That is correct, sir. So they, he would need, uh, in order to have restoration of that right, have those on. Uh, Justice Perigary, if, if I may, uh, the, he was arrested for domestic violence, uh, but he was ultimately charged for battery misdemeanor. Okay. So he did not lose his right to bear arms. Okay. So both convictions were both misdemeanors. Justice Gibbons. Uh, yeah, Mr. Perry, uh, when's the last time you drank any alcohol? <laughs> It was before the show started. I'm actually working on an HP show right now. I took a leave of absence for this for today. Um, that would be about a week and a half. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I did have a beer at the bar last night when I got in. 
Okay, so do you drink daily, would you say? Not every day, no. Thank you. Other questions? Your um, application for pardon had a question on it that asked you to list, provide a summary of all convictions that you've received in any jurisdiction, and then it has a parenthesis and it says misdemeanor or felony. And you listed your two felony convictions on controlled substance violations, but you omitted the two battery misdemeanor convictions. In your file, a letter follows where you um, add in, as an afterthought, the two misdemeanor convictions. I'd like your explanation of that initial omission and what prompted you to add those back in. I'm really bad at paperwork. I, I don't have one. I, I just, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know, perhaps I wasn't thinking of them, um, or I hadn't remembered them. Um, a lot of the stuff is, uh, you know, happened quite a while ago. Actually, most of the stuff, actually, all of the stuff happened quite a while ago. Um, and uh, it's just not fresh in my mind. It's not something I really think about. And, and uh, I like to think I'm a different person than, than I was then. It's not fresh in my mind. It's not something I think about. If the microphone will allow me, then what prompted you to write the follow-up letter <clears throat> adding in the two misdemeanor convictions? Um, I was uh, told that I couldn't have all of my rights back because of the misdemeanor convictions. And I was, uh, Brian? called me and told me that uh, I could not have full restoration of my rights with those on my record. And so he asked me to, uh, if I wanted that to be done, I, add, I added another letter. Is that what we're speaking of? Yes. Yes. So I did write another letter. Thank you. Ready for Any further questions from the one, uh, Justice Chair? You're requesting a right to bear arms. Why? Um, if you read the report, they did, uh, they confiscated uh, quite a bit of firearms. I've always been, I was, was always into sports shooting and hunting when I was younger. Um, now I have children and a little boy, and I would like to be able to enjoy that with them. Um, we can hike now as it is, and that's just a natural step, you know, the next natural step. But you can camp and fish without guns, right? Can't hunt. I can't support the right to bear arms in this one. Further questions from, from board members? Governor, I, I would move to um, grant the, the pardon, uh, restoring the civil rights, but without the right to bear arms. I'll second that motion. We have a motion by the Attorney General to restore the civil rights of the applicant, Mr. John Perry, but without the right to bear arms. And there is a second by Justice Douglas. Questions or discussion on the motion? Secretary, please call the roll. And Governor, just to clarify, uh, Attorney General, would that motion just be for the two um, drug charges, the two felonies? 
and exclude the battery convictions, or is that for all of the convictions? Well, you tell me. I was just informed that the battery convictions are not before us because there's no issue about his civil rights. That's correct. So that would be for the two felony convictions. Correct. Okay. And I want to be clear on that as well because that is important to me. So this motion will exclude the misdemeanor convictions. That's correct. Then I do have a question. Then why was he counseled to include that in his request here today? At least that was what I heard, that he was encouraged to include that. Chief Justice, I don't recall offering Mr. Perry to include those. When we get the application, we see those convictions, we send it over to the investigator. That conversation may have come from the investigator that provided the report. So I can't answer that. But I know I don't recall stating that he needed to disclose those convictions and that he needed a pardon. They're misdemeanors. He does not need a pardon on those convictions. Thank you. I have a follow-up question, though, sir. Not you, but I have a follow-up question on that. Is it conventional that someone would omit two misdemeanor convictions on their pardon application? Is that a commonplace occurrence? I'm sorry. I can't understand the question. Is it usual in your experience processing pardons board applications that an applicant who signs that all of the above is true and correct would omit prior misdemeanor convictions in answering that question on your form? That actually does appear to be common. And most of the explanations that I get that I can tell you is that they may have forgot the convictions because they were so long ago. So what I will do is I will instruct an individual to contact records and technology to get their entire criminal history printout so that we know. But that is pretty common. Thank you. Any further questions? We do have a motion and a second. Mr. Secretary, if you'd call the roll, please. Justice Perigary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? I will support the motion, not because I agree with it entirely. I think Mr. Perry has demonstrated that he's entitled to full relief in this case, and I'm disappointed that entire relief would not be afforded to him. Nevertheless, I'll vote yes because I think he's entitled to at least the relief that's the subject of the motion. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you, sir. Item 3E, Christine Parrish. Is Ms. Parrish present? Good morning, sir. If you'd please identify yourself for the record. Christine Parrish. Ms. Parrish, if you would speak up, 
a little bit. I know. Sorry, yeah, sir, I'm nervous. A, yeah, it's okay to be nervous. It's natural. Um, do you wish to make a presentation to the board? I had prepared a statement, but right now it seems a little trite. Yep. Um, I've worked long and hard towards this. And, um, sorry. Um, the only thing I can say is that I believe I deserve this. And um, my family is here with me. Um, if I look back on my paperwork, had I been in Judge Griffin's position, I would have thrown me in prison right away. I would have deserved it. I don't know why he gave me so many chances. Um, I'm thankful that he did eventually throw me in prison because it turned my life around. Um, thanks to him doing that, I have 10 years, a little over 10 years clean and sober. And I'm able to be a good daughter, mother, sister, and friend. And all I can say is that you, you're either going to grant me this pardon or you're not. Either way, it's not going to make or break me. I, I'm hoping for the best, expecting the worst, and basically my fate is in your hands. And I thank you either way. Thank you, Ms. Parrish. And my review is your main motivation is so that you can volunteer in your daughter's classroom. Is that correct? To be with my daughter in her classroom. And for a long time, I was volunteering in my roommate's kindergarten classroom and um, helping kindergartners um, learn how to navigate through the internet in the computer lab at Silver Springs Elementary School. And then the rules changed and I wasn't allowed to do that anymore because of my felon status. And I'd like to be able to do that again. It was a very joyful time in my life. You're also seeking a, your restoration of your right to bear arms. And what, what is your motivation for that? It was um, actually suggested to me by, by Ms. Fair to go for the full pardon rather than a partial pardon. So that's the only motivation for that. Do you have any plans to hunt or to possess a firearm? When I was younger, I used to go shooting with my with my grandfather, and you know that was the only thought behind it. Is you know my daughter's never had that with my grandparents. My grandparents have both passed away, and I I used to enjoy it with my grandparents, and I'd like to show my daughter how much fun stuff like that could be. But whether I get that part of the pardon or not really doesn't make a difference to me. Thank you. Further questions from board members? Simple question, if I may, Governor. No, please. Uh, Ms. Parrish, it, it appears um, to be a small um, but nonetheless significant point to me. At the time that you were released um, from supervision, you had a balance of fees of $180 that you didn't pay our state. And while it certainly wouldn't um, make or break our budget at this point, um, $180. Do you know that, that was outstanding when you were released from supervision? Ma'am, I know for a fact that I did pay that off because my supervising officer told me that I would not be granted an honorable discharge unless those fees were paid. Excellent. Thank you. Other questions? I'll move uh, to grant the full pardon. Justice Cherry has made a motion to grant a full pardon, and does that include the restoration yes. of the right to bear arms? I'll second. We have a second 
by Justice Paragary. Are there any questions or discussion on the motion? Mr. Executive Secretary, if you'd please call the roll. Justice Paragary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion passes. Unconditional pardon. Thank you, Ms. Parrish. Good luck to you. The next item on the agenda is item 3F, Mr. Aaron Partlow. Aaron Partlow, I'd just like to say I want to put this behind me. This is uh, something that's been it's pretty hard for somebody where everything, all your mistakes are out in front of everybody. And, I'd just like to be forgiven. And uh, I would have wore a suit today, but the guys at the construction site would have made fun of me. So that's all I have to say. Thank you, Mr. Parlo. Questions from board members? I have a question. Uh, um, you had been arrested uh, recently, in, uh, well, uh, fairly recently, in 2006 for driving under the influence. That was in Reno, correct? And um, it appears that that was dealt down to uh, careless driving. Right, that was in Reno. Okay. Um, and, and you didn't disclose that on your application, did you? Yeah, it's it's, it's you, all here. Oh, it was disclosed <coughs> as a careless, as the uh, conviction as opposed to the arrest. That was the, the last time it was uh, November November 1st. It was Halloween night is when I was, the last time I was arrested for driving, well, driving under the influence. I think it was... My wife, yeah, she said it was an 06. Because that was the last time I had something to drink. It was Halloween night, 2000, or yeah, 2006. Governor? Justice, does that satisfy your question, Justice Peregrine? Yes, thank you. Justice you're, Douglas. You're indicating that you no longer drink? No. And have you participated in any courses or programs to deal with alcohol or substance abuse? I did the substance abuse class. They recommended it, even though it was, I guess you would say, put down to a, a careless or a, I did a, uh, it was a treatment program. Yet I had to pick a, a program and you had to complete it. And I sent the completion to the court and uh, 
Every so often I go with my two brothers because they're recovering alcoholics. Every so often we go to AA meetings, but I don't do it repetitiously. Thank you. Ms. Parlow, I just need to ask this question. You said when you responded to Justice Paragary's question, you said, oh, you mean the one in Reno. And there's some implication as compared to something else. Is there anything else we need to be aware of? No, it's just that, you know, I've been in trouble with the law from that point to my younger years. You know, I've had troubles, you know, drinking. And, but that was the last day, you know, because I have so many mistakes. And I took, that was the last one that I was ever convicted of. And I've, I haven't had a drink since. So there hasn't been anything since. Thank you. I don't have time for that stuff anymore. And how, are, how is your life going right good, now? Good, good. I'm actually doing a job for the city over on Fairview. I used to live in Las Vegas, but now I'm up here with my father and my mother. My mother's going through chemo, and she gets to see her grandkid. And so it's working out. Hopefully we can get the job done in time and make a little money. Any other questions from board members? Justice Hardesty. I'll move to uh, grant relief, uh, Governor. I will second. And just for clarification, Justice Hardesty, does that include the um, restoration of the right to bear arms? Yes. Right. Justice Hardesty has made a motion to grant the relief sought by Mr. Partlow, and Chief Justice Seda has made the second. Is there any question or discussion on the motion? Mr. Executive Secretary. Justice Paragary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion passes. Good luck to you, Mr. Thank you very much. board or the applicant okay. I, everyone would speak up I it sounds like we're having a technical difficulty today but uh, if everyone would please speak up you're welcome next item on the agenda is 3g mr. Edward Silsby the third Good morning, sir. If you'd please identify yourself sir. for the record. How are you? Ed Silsby. Sir, do you wish to make a presentation to the board? Well, I just uh, made a bad mistake, and I've learned the hard way, and it'll never happen again. Sir, are you, um, have you been recently using controlled substances? No. None at all? No. And when I say recently, I mean within the last few years. No. I thought I saw in the uh, application as part of the uh, report to us that you had indicated um, 
that uh, at least to uh, Department of Parole and Probation that uh, uh, as recent uh, as uh, this last year, uh, you'd continued to use marijuana and uh, meth. You'd admitted to that. Is that in incorrect? Uh, uh, when was that, sir? Uh, as recent as this last year. No, that's incorrect. Mr. Silsby, uh, Justice Perigree, had you completed your question? Yes. Governor, if I may ask a question. Yeah. Justice Hardesty. Mr. Silsby, um, have you been voting in elections? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't uh, vote for in the last one. No, I made a mistake. And uh, so when they had the special uh, election for uh, Amaday, yeah. Well, uh, I, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to, so I didn't do it again. So you skipped that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. You betcha. But but did you vote in the in the election before? I voted for Mr. Sandoval. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a conservative Republican. Had a boy. You had to vote for someone else on this panel too. <laughs> And how many, you've been voting quite a bit? Uh, I've voted ever since, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I love politics and religion. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Governor, I could move Justice to support the uh, request of relief to grant Mr. Silsby a full pardon with the right to bear arms. I note you got a letter from the district judge who supporting our advantage from my brother and uh, he's a former prosecutor and I've never seen him write a letter to the pardons board before so I don't know how he got that. Yeah I've been here since 1960 I know Bill Maddox and okay. you know judge up at Story County. And okay and Justice uh, Gibbons before I accept the motion there may be some further questions because I, I'm troubled. I'm still concerned yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and I'd like some uh, feedback from uh, uh, the division uh, on this uh, indication to us that uh, he's uh, continued to use both marijuana and methamphetamine since his uh, convictions in 96 with the last reported use in 2010. I'm terribly concerned no, no, about no. that. Justice Seda, Chief Justice, excuse and if, me. And if I might um, footnote that question, the division also does not recommend that we adopt this recommendation. I'd like some explanation about that. Does it have to do with this apparent self or is there another reason? Uh, there's, uh, for the full pardon, we're not, he cannot, my understanding, he does not qualify for a full pardon because he has a conviction in California, felony conviction, so the right to bear arms is not on the table. So your opposition was merely limited to the request that be made, all rights be restored save and accept the right to bear arms. The division, we're recommending uh, that it not be granted because of his use and continued use of uh, narcotics. Sorry, I don't care anyway. I don't have a gun or don't care anything about guns. I believe, uh, Mr. Woods, that the position that you, you have is that none of the relief sought be granted. Is that correct? That is correct, Governor. Yeah. And I, to follow up on Justice Perigary's question is we have a conflict here in terms of what was presented to you and what Mr. Silsby is representing today that he has not been 
engaged in use of controlled substances. Uh, with me is uh, Anna Martin, who was the investigator, and she basically did all the conversations uh, with her. I have to follow my officer's recommendation and her uh, when she looked into the case and everything. And I do believe that um, there was continued use. Uh, okay, that there was con that there was continued use of both uh, narcotics and alcohol. Yes. Mrs. Perigary, did you wish to follow up? I believe uh, Justice Gibbons made a motion. I, don't well, I haven't accepted the motion yet because I want to make sure that everyone had asked the questions that they wanted answered. Yeah. So I, I do have one question. Um, Madam Attorney General. Thank you. Mr. Silsby, it says in here that you held at one point in time a valid medical marijuana card. Is that true? No. You never held a mer medical marijuana no. card? Okay. Well, I guess I, I'll speak from my perspective, Governor. I am concerned about what is in this report and what this gentleman is saying before us. And I would, before I am willing to vote on anything, I would like clarification one way or the other. Again, we have, we contacted, that's right. The Department of Health and Human Services Medical Marijuana Program, who reported that Mr. Selsby had held a valid medical marijuana card from July 6, 2009 to July 6, 2010. No, that's not true. And so he did, according to their records, he held a valid medical marijuana card. No, I, I applied for the application but never received it. <coughs> You did apply for the application for a medical yes, marijuana card? Yes, yeah. And did you have a, f a physician that supported your application? Well, I, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't qualified. So no medical condition led you to seek this? There was no medical condition that you could point to or a doctor could oh, point I, to? I'm on disability for my back. I just get these migraine headaches all the time. Mr. Silsby, the question by the Attorney General is whether when you submitted your application form, a doctor supported that. No. Doctor? No, I just, I just filled out the application was turned down. Okay. Why did you submit the application? Uh, was it something that you'd learned about, uh, read up on? Why'd you do that? <laughs> oh, for my migraine headaches my back I uh, thought that would help you beg your pardon you thought that would help you yeah it, do, do it you used to. It, yeah do you still have those migraine headaches oh yeah yeah still got a bad back yeah I got your your my disc uh -huh. I was a whole carpenter yeah. lifting mm -hmm. mr. Silsby did you let, tell us when the last time that you used a narcotic was. It's been years. And when you say I don't know years, where, uh, where did that come from? Uh, but uh, I'll take a I'll, I'll take a drug test right now. You know, I uh, swear to God that I haven't used anything. I haven't even had a traffic ticket. I haven't used any controlled substances. 
for years. But I think I can speak for perhaps some of the members of this board is that what we're struggling with is is a portion of your of the report that was prepared by the Division of Parole and Probation. There's a paragraph that has the applicant applicant's statement of offense, and a portion of that says. He admits to having continued to use both marijuana and methamphetamine since his two felony convictions in 96, with his last reported use in 2010. No, that's it. I don't know where that came from. It's not right, though. Mr. Silsby, when's the last time you... Um had any counseling uh, for drug use? Oh, it's been years ago. Remember who did that? Beg your pardon? Do you remember who did that? Uh, I've, I've, I don't recall uh, what his name was, but I could look it up in my records I have at the house. Mm -hmm. But it's been years ago. I don't have any problem with drugs anymore. You know, I, I go to church now. I'm trying to make heaven. I've turned my life around. I don't do drugs anymore, period. Well, here, Justice Gibbons, I know that you referred to the letter. Can I withdraw that motion, Governor? I mean, I... <laughs> well, I didn't accept it okay. in the first place, but um, part of um, Judge Gibbons' statement was behavior since that time obviously would be a significant factor in deciding whether his request is meritorious. And that's the issue that we're, we're struggling with here, Mr. Silsby, is that mm -hmm. um, there's a statement within the report that was prepared by the uh, Division of Parole and Probation that indicates that you had or admitted that uh, you had had some use. Your last use was in 2010. I haven't. Any further questions from board members? Governor, I'd like to um, uh, make a motion that we pass this application to the next meeting and ask for a follow-up investigation Request that Mr. Silsby uh, submit to a, uh, a drug and alcohol test, at least a drug test. Sure. Um, and I'd like to also ask him to provide supplemental information uh, concerning this issue and ask the division to inquire into that as well. Second that. There's a motion by Justice Hardesty um, that this matter be continued to the next Pardons Board agenda that in the meantime that the Division of Pro and Probation um, provide uh, Mr. Silsby with an opportunity to take a drug and drug and alcohol test. Is that correct, uh, Justice? Yes, that's correct. And I'd like to ask the division if they could uh, provide us copies of the records that you were informed about concerning the medical marijuana certificate and also uh, uh, ask that if uh, there's some, uh, perhaps he could submit to uh, uh, his previous counselor or a counselor who could provide some further guidance to the board about uh, uh, what he's been doing here and what they think of under under a more recent evaluation. 
I appreciate and, that. And Governor, if I may, I'm also, uh, I would, quite simply, uh, would like to get a statement from uh, the investigator in this case as part of that record as to whether or not there was a misunderstanding here or a misinterpretation right. of what he said. Uh, I think that would be helpful for my purposes. Yeah, right. So we have that motion and a second by Justice Cherry. Are there any further Thank questions you, or discussion on the motion? Mr. Woods? Um, Governor, uh, the investigator is here present with me right now. If we could do that now. I, I, I would prefer to have um, it done in consistent with what uh, Justice Hardesty has stated in his motion, as well as the comment from Justice Perigary. Any further questions or discussion on the motion? I, I, I'm not sure this qualifies for either of those governors, but um, I, I certainly agree that we don't have enough information, at least accurate information, before. Um, and so I think the suggestion that passing it is, is wise. But I am going to oppose that motion, I think, procedurally, because um, the fact that there was this um, medical marijuana application leads me to believe that there's some lack of understanding of um, drug use. And, and so I wanted to be clear that, that when I vote no, um, it, it's not that I don't think that we need more information. Um, my vote is simply to not support this period. Thank you, Madam Chief Justice. Any further comments? Secretary, would you please call the roll? And if uh, a governor, if I can clarify who made the second. Justice oh, Cherry. Justice Cherry. Thank you. Justice Paragari? No. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? No. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion passes. Governor, can I make a comment to Mr. Silsby? Yes. Don't be voting between now and then. <laughs> Did you hear him, Mr. Silsby? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. What's the verdict? No. Thank you. You can continue to watch politics, but please don't <laughs> vote. Still to NRS. Hmm? <laughs> What'd you say, Mike? Yeah, there was an indication he could vote in Nevada pursuant to NRS. Right. Mr. Secretary, before I move on with the next item on the agenda, have you had an opportunity to try and reach this chamber? I, I did, Governor. I've been informed by staff that they have been unable to contact her. She's in the audience. Oh. She's here. Excellent. All right. Okay. Ms. Schomburg, uh, is that if you'd please approach? We had trailed your matter. Good morning. Good morning, ma'am. If you'd please identify yourself. Well, I'm Hyla Mang now, M-A-N-G. M-A-N-G? Uh -huh. Okay, and if you would speak up a little bit. And you okay. pronounce that? Mang. Mang, okay. Ms. Mang, do you wish to make a statement to the board with regard to your application? Um, I just I would like you guys to know that I've come a long way since I was released from prison back in 99. Um, the insanity started like in 96, I believe. I got my first conviction. Uh, and I caught three of them, unfortunately, within like two years. 
two in Nevada, one in Utah. Um, and my last one, of course, I went to prison. I did a year county jail, then I went to prison and did a year there. Then I was extradited to Utah to clean up a case there. Then I went to rehab for 78 days. And then I finally got on the streets again and I've been successful since. I'm, I own my own vehicles. I own my own home. I'm single at the time. Um, I now work at a rehab center as a rehabilitation tech. Uh, I just recently started my rehab. I graduate next year as a re, um, drug, and counsel, drug and alcohol counselor for this spring. And I'm just doing really well, and I think I deserve this chance. Ms. Mang, you're also seeking restoration of your uh, right to bear arms? I don't think so. Is that what the, I didn't think the paperwork said that. Oh, but without. I don't care about without, that. Without, excuse me. I'm scared of guns anyway, so. <laughs> and you understand what we do here today has no effect on the Utah conviction, correct? Yes. In fact, that's my next step in life. I'm, if I get this, then it's just another step that hopefully Utah will give me the same thing. And with my job, <coughs> I got to do my $4,000 or 4,000 <laughs> hours of internship through Vitality Center. And that is another step towards just showing my clients that if you, you know, want it bad enough, you can do it. And there was an indication in your application that one of the motivations for your seeking this pardon is that it inhibited your ability to gain employment. Is that Yeah, it's just, it, it really, that was all the years that, I, you know, that I've been out now, that was just, and it's embarrassing. You know, it's humiliating. I don't like it. I'm ashamed of what I did in the past. That's not who I am today. And I would just like to not be able to check that box. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Mang. Other questions from board members? I guess for me personally, I've read this. I hear you talking about being ashamed. I'm just concerned whether you've come to grips with the fact that you sold drugs to your own daughter during that period of time. Um, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, that's something I'm very ashamed of. What's the status of your daughter today? She's doing awesome. She had some rough years, yes, she did, but she's doing awesome today. In fact, I raised her son because she was in trouble for a while. Any other questions from board members? I'll move to grant her relief requested. Justice Perigari has moved to grant the relief sought in the application. Is there a second? I'll second it. Second by Justice Pickering. Are there any questions or is there any discussion on the motion? Mr. Secretary, if you'd please call the roll. Justice Perigari? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? No. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Good luck to you.
The next item is 3H, Mr. Ernest DiGennaro. Thank you. If it please the board, Governor Sandoval, uh, Attorney General Cortez Masto, members of the Supreme Court of Nevada, I'm Richard Cornell, and I represent Mr. Ernest DiGennaro. Uh, I want to clarify the relief that we're seeking today. We are seeking a commutation of Mr. DiGennaro's life sentence to one of time served and a restoration of some civil rights, which is to say not the right to bear arms, but uh, the right to vote, the right to hold office, the right to serve on a jury. Um, I'd like to introduce and have Ms. Mr. DiGennaro's wife, Sue DiGennaro, testify. You have a character reference from her, but in light of the un other information that I've seen in the packet since her letter, I think it's necessary for the board to understand uh, the portable dance floor business uh, and Mr. DiGennaro's role in that business which is really the fact that drives Mr. DeGennaro's application and, and why he's here. So if I may have Mrs. DeGennaro testify to that. Yeah. Mrs. DeGennaro, if you'd please approach. Good morning, ma'am. If you'd please identify yourself. Susan DeGennaro. Please proceed. Um, my husband and I run California Portable Dance Floors. And it was a business his father started back in 1956. When we took it over, it was like $190,000 in debt. We've worked very hard to build the business. We have employees with their families that count on us. And we've grown the business to where we ship floors, not only nationally, but internationally. Um, and there are times when my husband and I, especially my husband, because he's the technical person, I do office work. He is the one that he's developed three different patents. And um, going to see suppliers and customers, they want to see him because he knows more intimately the business and the products. And we try and submit applications for travel permits months in advance. And there are times when because of, by all of you are well aware, um, they don't come through, and especially this one time, it didn't come through, and so he couldn't go, and I had to go by myself, and it's, it's I, I don't have the technical knowledge that he does of our business, and in order for us to continue to grow, and so that we are, because we had, there's competitors, of course, that try and uh, copy his uh, designs, as I said, we have three different patents that he's, uh, well, two and one patent pending. Um, it, we don't want to be taken over and have our employees and their families be without jobs. And it's just, we feel it's really important for him to be able to um, travel. And the travel permit situation has been very difficult, even with months of advance notice. 
Thank you, Mr. Gennaro. Does that complete your statement? Um, unless you had any questions, I, I don't know how this works, so yeah. please forgive me. No, I just want to make sure that you had the opportunity to give your complete statement. Well, Are there any questions from board members? Go uh, Governor, I have a question. Uh, you've indicated that uh, um, he's been denied uh, the right to travel out of the uh, state. How, no, does it, it happen frequently? or It's uh, not that he's denied. We submit the paperwork, and then they never get around to processing it. We just never hear. Really? And we ask, we ask his parole officer, and he's like, I'm really sorry, I don't know, because he's, all of his parole officers in the, in the most recent past have said, you know, you really need, we need, we need to get you released, because you really should be able to travel, you need to do this, you're not a problem, and we have better things to do. I'm concerned uh, with the mechanics of this. If there's a problem with uh, uh, his uh, parole officer uh, not getting back to you and not no, no, uh, responding first, in a timely, it's gotta timely go manner. Through the, it's got to go through. We submit it to him, and then he has to submit it to whoever he submits it to, and it has to go through a very long process. That's why we try and submit it months in advance. And it just never gets acted on. Okay, thank you. That's bothersome to me. Justice Perry, I think part of the difficulty reading through this is that he's being supervised in California and their budget issues also. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Are there any further questions for Mrs. DiGennaro? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, Governor. Uh, Governor, on November 10, 2011, I received a letter from Aaron Horsma, H-R-S-M-A, who is the current supervising parole officer, Mr. DeGennaro, and I promptly made 13 copies, and I, I assume, of course, that it got to you all. I think it's the most telling character letter of all, and so in the event that any of you have not had a chance to read it, I'd like to read it into the record, if I may. Uh, Mr. Cornell, I believe all the members of the board have the letter in front of front of them, so I don't believe it's necessary to read it. In That's the fine. Obviously, you've got the drift of it, which is that, uh, in his opinion, further supervision is not needed with respect to Mr. DiGennaro, and that he has made an excellent ad adjustment into the community, and he's a law-abiding, productive citizen, and he does not pose a threat to the community. Mr. Cornell, have you explored this issue of process with regard to Mr. DiGennaro not getting prompt response with regard to his applications to travel? Uh, no, I have not, Governor. I, I've been on the case a relatively short period of time. Uh, but, and it's my understanding that uh, the DiGennaros do submit the applications months in advance, and there are times when it is approved timely to where Mr. DiGennaro can travel. Uh, and there are times when it's not, and until it's proved, he cannot travel. And the scope of the business has grown to where it's, there's business overseas, and of course, he, as long as he's on parole, he can't travel overseas, period. Um, no, no, no parole agency is going to allow that. So um, I, I want to say this. I find this to be an extraordinary case. I, not that... Mr. DiGennaro has been on parole for 13-plus years with, with nary a problem. Uh, I've seen those kind of cases happen before. They're not common, but they're not unheard of. 
What I find so extraordinary about this case is what's set forth in 8 and 9 of Ms. Fair's, in my opinion, very well-written report. This man has a net worth of $1.25 million. He's got more money than I do. I'm jealous of him, sort of. But he might respond that he works harder than I do, so it's all fair. But what's extraordinary about that is this is not old money. When he entered prison in 1981, he did not have a GED, much less a high school diploma. He got that in prison, and in prison he developed his technical skills through the Hobbycraft program to where he was selling, he was designing and selling a number of items in the Hobbycraft program such that when he left the Department of Corrections on parole, he left with $20,000 in his inmate account. I have to tell you, for all the clients I've represented over the years, I've never heard of anything even close to that. He used that in part as seed money for the business. Now, it was his father's business, but it was not old money business. The business, as Mrs. DiGennaro indicated, was significantly in the red. And in the last 13 years, what he's been able to do is turn that business around to the net worth that you see today. To me, those facts should be held as a badge of honor, not merely for Mr. DiGennaro, but for the Department of Corrections and the Department of Parole. This, to me, is a shining example of the rehabilitation aspect of the Department of Justice. This, to me, is, is a prime example of what can be done uh, with the proper direction and encouragement. And, and to tell you the truth, it, this case reminds me in a way of a case I handled 10, 15 years ago of a woman named Joanne Aune, A-U-N-E. She was convicted of first-degree murder in the aiding and abetting of, of a murder of a cab driver here in Reno. She spent her time in prison. She was paroled uh, 12, 13 years later. She uh, owned her own business, uh, a hair salon in California, and like Mr. DiGennaro, the California parole authorities thought, you know, you need to try and get off of this. I contacted the prosecutor, Mills Lane, and I'll never forget it. Mills Lane said to me, you know, if everything you say about this woman is true and she is rehabilitated to that extent, I support it. And he wrote me a letter to that regard. I then contacted Judge William Foreman, who was a presiding judge. He said, if that's the way Mills feels about it, that's the way I feel about it. I submitted those two letters to the, the department, and to my recollection, that case never saw the pardons board. In that case, the department went straight on with the 176033 sub 2 relief, and it was granted for Mrs. Owney. This case is like that, and it's unlike that. Uh, it's unlike it in that as, as great an accomplishment as Mrs. Owney made, Mr. DiGennario is, in my opinion, even more so. Like I say, I have never seen anything like this. But also, that case was the aiding and abetting of, of uh, a murder of a cab driver. No question that's a first-degree murder. Interesting legal issue. If, this, if Mr. DiGennario's case happened today, would it be a lifetime parole case? The answer, quite frankly, is maybe. Certainly, if I were representing him, I would take the position that under Sheriff versus Lamont and Johnston v. State from 1984 and 85, both cases post-dating this one, that this case could only be prosecuted as a felony DUI. I'm not saying I would win that argument. 
Uh, I am saying that it would be a good faith, non-frivolous argument to make, however, and maybe I'd win that argument. And if that were the case, there would be no lifetime parole, and we wouldn't be here today. I do think, however, based on my read of the facts, that this case today could not credibly be prosecuted as an attempted murder, because I don't see any evidence of a specific intent to kill, which since 2002, Sharmavi State requires. And I don't think this case credibly today could be prosecuted as a first-degree murder, because from my read of the facts, uh, I don't see evidence of deliberation as required by Byford versus State. But of course, those were new rules that came into effect well after Mr. DiGennaro's trial. I note from uh, Ms. Fair's report that uh, the, the family of the deceased victim is not against the relief sought provided that he be kept out of Nevada. What they may not have realized is that some of these travel permits that Mr. DiGennaro has applied for and accepted and acted on have been trade shows in Las Vegas. So during the time in, he's been in Las Vegas, I, I note that one of the victims who lived is against this. I understand anger and, and, and I understand grief and I understand it's personal to everybody involved. But I look at this case and I say, has this man been punished? Certainly 17 years in prison is punishment. Has he been rehabilitated? In addition to everything else I've said, this man is 59 years old. Uh, I ask, what is the risk of recidivism of Ernest D. Gennaro at this point? And frankly, I, I'm hard-pressed to find it. I would therefore request that the court grant the relief sought, which again would be commuting the sentence to time served in a restoration of civil rights, save and accept the, the right to bear arms. And uh, I'll, I'll turn my presentation over to Mr. D. Gennaro. Thank you, Mr. Cornell. Mr. D. Gennaro. Thank you, Governor. First, I want to thank Mr. Gennaro, if you would move the microphone over. Thank you. First, I want to thank the board for allowing me the opportunity to be here today. Thank you very much. And most important, once again, I want to reiterate my sincere apology to the families that are involved in this. Uh, the Quinlan family, who Paul Quinlan lost his life in this incident, and uh, the Parsons family, and the Mitchell family. And I uh, cannot say that enough. I mean, how do you apologize for, to somebody for taking their son's life? There is no apology that's adequate. So I find myself in this situation today. Over the course of the last 13 years that I've been on parole, I've had approximately eight to nine parole officers. Uh, Parole for me is no problem. I don't have a problem with parole. Uh, the last three parole officers have suggested to me that I apply to be discharged from parole. Uh, I never pursued it because I didn't know how likely that would be. And it's a long process. We've been going through this process about two years now, writing letters and so forth. Um, so uh, we finally got to the point that we took it seriously, and we contacted the Nevada Department of Pardons to find out what the process was. And we continued on, and uh, that's why I find myself here today. 
Now, in regards to these travel permits, what's important for our business is that we present this product that we have. And the only way to present it is either through magazine ads or trade shows. And a person, and especially a company, who's going to invest a considerable amount of money in a product, they're going to want to touchy-feely the product. They're going to want to walk on it. They're going to want to ask you technical stuff. That's what I'm good at. So we do four major trade shows a year. We would like to be involved in more as we grow. Uh, we just started selling internationally. But it's become to the point now where this travel permit situation is inhibiting the growth of our company. And also me personally. Now, uh, it all changed a few years ago when there were some high profile cases that the defendants or uh, ex-parolees, uh, ex-felons committed new crimes. So California initiated new restrictions on people as myself who are on life parole. So now to submit a travel request, I give it to my immediate parole officer. He gives it to his supervisor. The supervisor, from what I understand, has to send it to Sacramento. Sacramento has to do what they do to it, and then it goes back reverse channels to eventually me. Now that hasn't been happening. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I can't insinuate why. All I know is the end result. So uh, in the course of developing these new products, I've come to an agreement and design plans with different manufacturers of material. Uh, they don't want to make something for you specifically uh, for small amounts. They're talking about, we'll make it for you, but we want a truckload at a time. That's the kind of orders they want. Well, I want to fly to their facility. I want to see how it's being made. And I want to get down and talk to the guy who's actually running the machines, and he's actually going to determine the results of these materials in turn products. Now, after developing these new ideas, and I didn't think about these just recently. I thought about these things when I was in prison. That's how long I've been thinking about these things. Uh, finally, got a chance to put them in motion. So we show these products at trade shows. The competition, who is much bigger than I am, They'll come to the booth, they'll see these new things, they'll say, hey, that's great. They'll talk to me, shake my hand. The next thing I know, next year, they're making knockoffs. So what that taught me is a patent is a patent. But when you deal with a big company, they'll tell you, I don't care about your patent, sue me. So what's better than a patent? I've learned from experience is the material and the, the design of the product that's more important. If you can gain an exclusive on that material, meaning in my case, floor tile patterns, colors, 
and I'll tell you where that becomes a factor. If they can't get that, then they can't duplicate your product to the T, to the letter. And why that's important is because my main customer is the party rental industry, the guy who rents tents, tables, chairs, dance floors. There's literally tens of thousands of those companies throughout the United States. The important thing is to make a knockoff that matches mine so they can approach my existing customers. The customer base is already there. It's an easy avenue for them to walk in. Well, I've learned in business and I've learned the hard way. You have to be aggressive. You have to beat the bushes. You got to stay on top of your job. You got to have sales reps. You have to have meetings. I mean, there's a whole lot to it. And nobody tells you, hey, you're the boss and now you know how to be the boss. You learn how to be the boss by the experience, by your failures and your successes. So I guess that's what I want to say that pertains to the business. Uh, and regarding the travel permits, it's been an inhibitive factor for me to grow. Uh, but as I say, parole, I've never had a problem. And I don't have a problem with parole because I don't look over my shoulder. I've been clean and sober over 20 years. Uh, my wife and I, we don't have children together, but we have children separately. We live a good life. We have a nice house. We have a couple dogs. We get to work together. So our, 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 our life is fairly uncomplicated. Um, also, I'm interested in my community, which I contribute to charities in my community. I'm particularly involved in Big Brothers, uh, Big Sisters. And uh, every year we buy their Christmas uh, card package and we make donations and stuff. Uh, so I would love to vote. I would love to have a little say in my community about what goes on. And it didn't come to mind until being a small businessman, we pay a lot of taxes. And uh, we pay a lot of other things that are implemented uh, in regards to a small businessman. I'd sure like to have a little say-so about that. Not that I could change it, but I'd like to have my input. Uh, so uh, that's another factor why I hope you might consider my, my application. Uh, you know, I got this travel <coughs> permit to appear before this board, but it's not because I got it done it's because somebody who was involved with the board contacted California and said, hey, does DJ Merrill have his travel permit yet? And they produced it in two days. That's never happened. That's never happened. But I knew that they probably feel as important as I feel it is important. So I'm not surprised. Uh, I don't know what more I could say other than, uh, you know, there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't remember my failures and some of the things I did in my, in my youth or earlier in my life. And my dad told me, you know, you spend your young life making all these mistakes and you spend the second half of your life trying to make up for it. I guess that's where I'm at right now. Um, anybody that's involved with me in regards to business working for me or relation, you know, I've been very blessed and my wife and I talk about it often. In regards to our finances, uh, our, our 
our stature in life regarding material things or, or success. And, uh, you know, I try and give it back. I help all our nephews and nieces. I've helped them buy cars. I just loaned one of our uh, nephews uh, money for a down payment on a house. Uh, but I could go on and on, and especially my employees. Make sure they can get to work. If they need a car, we make arrangements. So it's, it's a lot more than just me. I, it, it turns out, uh, I remember my dad telling me, Ernie, you're going to be carrying quite a load. Well, little did I realize what he was telling me because uh, I see that now. And uh, it's an everyday thing. you got to hit it every day. Uh, it, it's a heck of a responsibility that I didn't realize uh, at the time that I thought this is what I want to do. But that's part of the territory. So uh, I'm trying to do my best. And I have to say that I'm good with a hammer and nail. My wife's the genius. She knows marketing. She knows financing. She's the one that really helps us to help us be successful that we are. She's a very smart woman. I'm very lucky to have met her. Uh, I don't know what more I might add, but if you have any questions for me, I'd be glad to answer them naturally. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. DiGennaro. Is there anyone else in your company who's capable of performing your duties on the road? I'm training them. Uh, but uh, yes, my, it's not a it, it's it's not something somebody else can do can't do. But what I find is, like I said before, when when these companies want to spend a substantial amount of money, they want to talk to the boss. They want to talk. Where does the buck stop? That's who I want to talk to. But you're right. There are other people that can run the trade show booth, and we have been training them to do that. Correct. Other questions from board members? Yes. Justice Picker. I, I have a, a comment more than a question. I'm familiar with your original conviction. Um, my husband at the time, who is now deceased, prosecuted you. He was Bruce Laxalt. And I recall the trial. And I do take exception to Mr. Cornell's statements that this case would not have produced those convictions under today's law. The pre-sentence report includes the investigative report on the intentional conduct that was involved in chasing down this carload of teens and gouging their car door with knives and pushing their car with the bumper of your car and then leaving the scene after they crashed into a concrete pylon. It was an extraordinary case at the time. Um, and I congratulate you on the exemplary life you have lived since. I truly do, and it's very impressive. But what I'm not hearing in your presentation or that of your wife's or your lawyer's is any true address to the victims of this crime, the young man, Paul Quinlan, whose life was taken at a very, very early age, filled with hope and promise, and the cost that that imposed irrevocably on his family, the two other young men who were grievously injured, and the lost opportunities that they've had. And I'm struck and deeply sorry for this tragic situation because you've had these opportunities, and they didn't. And this is very, very hard for me to 
know what is the right thing to do here. Um, so I don't know if I have a question of you so much as what I'm not hearing is what do you say to the victims? That's a good point. I fight with that for years. What do you say to somebody who's lost their son? How many times can you say you're sorry? Does it make a difference? How, how do you justify that? How, how do you make them understand that how sorry you are? They probably really don't want to hear that. There's nothing you can say. doesn't mean they don't mean it, and it doesn't mean I don't think about it all the time. All the time. But I haven't found the words to soothe that mother's pain. I don't know if there is. Uh, I have thought at times that, you know, I'd sure like to call her. I'd sure like to write her a letter. Uh, I'd sure like to convey some type of communication with her. I just don't know how to do that. I, I, I don't want to, if I were to speak to her, I don't want to just say, I'm so sorry. Those, it's like empty words. Before I went, before they paroled me from prison, I wrote her a long letter, and I submitted it to the prison counselor who forwarded it to her. I don't know how she took that letter. I don't know. I never got a response. All I do know is that she did receive the letter. Um, that's about the best I could do at the time. And I haven't found a better way to communicate or convey what I did to her to this day. Uh, and you're right. There's no worse thing you can do is to take a person's life. And especially the way it happened. It was so irresponsible. It, it didn't have to happen. Uh, I guess I have no right answer for you, but I just want to convey how I feel about it. That's all. Thank you, and I, I appreciate your listening to my remarks as well. You're welcome. Further questions from board members? <clears throat> Mr. Helzer. Thank you. Um, members of the board, Governor Sandoval, Attorney General Mastro, members of our Supreme Court. Um, <clears throat> I am not here in any way to 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 uh, make this personal. Uh, there are a lot of things that have already been acknowledged that are very uh, things that should be admired. Successes, and I do respect successes from people in the business world, uh, supporting my efforts and the efforts of every community. Uh, I don't minimize those at all. The reason I wanted to be here today was I just didn't feel in the initial communications uh, enough concern for the victims. And I still don't. And I'll tell you why. I looked at the, the letter, and I'm reading, please know that not a day goes by that I don't regret what happened that has me in this situation with the state of Nevada, this situation. That more than anything caused me to at least write a letter saying, is there value? And that's the question I'm really asking the the board to consider is a value in continued supervision? And the answer may be no. But I wanted you to consider this. 
in, that, in the process of coming to some determination. I don't know what's going on with California, but I think it's offensive that somebody who wants to travel to succeed and do what we ask of them can't obtain a travel permit. But I did hear some questions that I didn't think were really answered about what has been done by an individual who has counsel to address that and resolve that issue as opposed to potentially embracing it as a reason to give me uh, the relief requested. I just don't sense that that couldn't be resolved. And if it can't be resolved, maybe we should be back here. But I didn't hear that. That's one. Even today, in response to Justice Pickering's comments, you hear comment after comment after comment about the man who was killed. There's a man who suffered brain damage who didn't get five seconds worth of comment and in the letter didn't get any mention. And I really thought, is there value in continued supervision when that occurs? And, and I would submit there is for this reason. I said it in my letter. I don't think I have much to add to it. More specifically, by continuing to be obligated to comply with the requirements of parole, uh, is the community less at risk because this individual is constantly reminded? You know, what makes it that every day he goes out and says, I'm not going to reoffend, I'm not going to do this again. If you looked at his criminal history, he had quite a criminal history going up to this. And this incident was the end of it. Commendable that this is the end of it. Not commendable that this happened. Because there were so many opportunities not to engage in this. It was, it was a choice by an individual who let his anger control him. So what prevents that from ever happening again? Maybe it's his family. Maybe it's his business. I'd like it to be the fact that there's a, a person out there who's brain damaged and uh, that is thought about on a daily basis, but I didn't sense that. That's all I'm asking this board to consider is another way to address the travel situation uh, and, and is there value in continued supervision by the state or not? And I'll trust uh, your opinion in that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Helzer. Any questions from board members? Uh, Mr. Helzer, did you have an opportunity to see the uh, Nevada parole risk assessment uh, document in here? I, I did. I don't recall. I read it so long ago. I don't recall the it was, content. I read they're so many indicating uh, very specifically he's a uh, low risk, zero to four points, and he uh, got one point, um, and minus three points on the dynamic risk uh, factors that they assess. So, uh, at least as far as the uh, Nevada Parole Risk Assessment uh, Group was concerned. He's a low-risk um, individual. In Justice Perigary, that's why I said I could respect whatever conclusion you come to, but I think it needed to be stated today uh, in, in the same vein that uh, Justice Pickering wanted to make a comment. I wanted to make a statement and an appearance that I wish the motivation that resulted maybe in that low-risk assessment was more about the victim and less about business. That's just a preference of mine. Thank you. Thank you. And before I ask if anyone else wishes to make a presentation, I'll ask a question, Mr. Cornell or Mr. DiGennaro. What have you done to exhaust any remedies or process, if any, to explore why you're not getting the response that you got before with regard to the travel permits? 
my only avenue is through my direct parole officer. Uh, so what he explained to me, and uh, he's been to our company, our shop, he sees what we do, he understands how it works. And uh, so I've asked him if there's any way that we could expedite this. Now, uh, the only way that we can expedite a travel permit is if it's an in-state travel. He can therefore just go to his direct supervisor who's in-house, sign off on it, and get, and get it back to me. Anything out of state for an extended period of time, meaning a week, two weeks, has to go through a higher channel, which was, this is what was explained to me in regards to the Sacramento involvement. Uh, and that's where we're losing it. So, uh, also, uh, I, I don't want to uh, answer your question with an insinuation on my part. I, I want to just let you know what was explained to me. And that's what's happening. But like I said, I don't really have a problem with parole. I, I, you know, they come to my house. They, uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, it's... It's inhibiting me, though, from these other things that I like to do, well, that I need to do. Uh, so uh, in regards to the travel permit situation, that's as far as I can go with it because I don't really have any more information regarding that. And if you'd explain, I don't know, Mr. Secretary, why was it that this one was expedited so much to come here today? Was there intervention by the state of Nevada to, to expedite that? Yes, there was. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Governor, oh, excuse me. If can I respond to the question about the parole risk assessment that a part of, that is in the package? Justice Perry. Justice Perry, that is not the one one that the parole board used. I mean, we used this one. You get. I guess this probably came off to the internet. This was not one that the parole board did, and it is incorrectly scored. And it would is only one part of the risk assessment that we would do. So can you tell me where this came from? Yeah, you can find it. We post all our forms on the web, and you can find it on the website. But you have to know how to score it also. And so I, I believe this came from Mr. DeGenero or from council. But it is not a correctly scored one. It's not one that the parole board would well, have that's done. That's interesting, because the way it's presented, uh, it indicates that it's an assessment by you folks. Uh, no, and and uh, I'm certainly glad you uh, yeah, spoke up because that's clearly the uh, impression that this leaves is that you uh, uh, scored it as a uh, low risk. No, sir. This is not our scoring. Um, we did so not Mr. Do Cornell, that. can you address that? Um, I cannot other than to say it's not a document I had seen before, nor is it one that I submitted to the board. Um, Where did it come from? Did you guys have Uh, Mrs. DeGenero indicates that, that what Ms. Bisbee said is correct. Well, Mr. DeGenero, you filled out your own risk assessment? Well, I filled out the questionnaire part of it, but I don't determine the assessment of it. Uh, we were handed a packet to fill out, uh, which we did, and we had like three or four days to do it. Mr. Gennaro, if you'd come forward and 
speak in the microphone so we can hear you. Thank you. This um, when we started the process, I went on the internet to try and and pull all paperwork that we thought we needed to have in order to submit to come before you. And that was one of the sheets that was printed out. And it didn't say who was or wasn't supposed to fill that out. It was one of the paperwork pieces of paper that was printed off with all the other applications and everything else. So we just answered to the best of our knowledge. We thought it was asking us questions on uh, of, of how things were. So if we did that incorrectly, that that was that was filled out by us. That was this is correct. It did come off the internet, and like I said, it was just so just a packet. It was your impression that you were supposed to complete that correct. yourself. That's correct. And you didn't submit it for any other purpose. No, except for that no, you it thought was, it was part of the application. We had all the other papers, so we thought we were supposed to fill out all the papers that printed off. Governor, if, if I may respond. Um, it's my understanding that the pardons board packet that comes from Division of Parole and Probation does not include that that sheet. So I, I could not understand why that would be included into that investigation packet. I am the one that printed that off. I am the one that printed it off with everything else. So if I did that wrong, I had all the paperwork to submit to you. Is there anyone else present that wishes to provide a statement to the board with regard to this application? Yes, sir. If, if you'd come forward, sir. I'm Mitch Bailey. Thank you for your comments earlier, by the way. There's a lot of names that I haven't heard in a long time. Bruce Laxalt, Mills Lane. I'm wondering if the counsel for Ernest knows Mills. If he did, he'd know that Mills was Bobby Parsons' mentor in the boxing world. To quote him here just makes me sick. The whole idea that we're going to minimize this thing I know the board isn't going to minimize it, but any attempt to minimize the loss of life, the success of Ernest is great, but Bobby Parsons lives on $1,000 a month. We were both juvenile probation officers. We were graduating college. We were celebrating that night. We didn't want to fight. We wanted to celebrate our lives. Neither one of them are juvenile probation officers. and not a deputy sheriff because that was all taken away from us that night. We didn't know Bobby anymore. Dance floors? Certainly can't be about dance floors. Certainly can't be about convenience. This is about paying a debt. It's a life sentence for murder. This is no accident. Felony DUI doesn't involve knives, killing, leaving the scene. Ernest was asked. You know, what, what to the victims do you say? How about admitting it wasn't an accident? For once, 
Let's not minimize this down to a felony DUI and bring somebody in here to suggest that it was. In today's legal world, a felony DUI. I thought I could come in here and just be, you know, thorn and tough and let her rip. As soon as Justice Pickering started challenging what was said and the minimization of the whole thing, I started bawling in my seat. I'm positive the board's going to make the right recommendation today. So I really don't need to say any more. That's all I have. If you have any questions for me, let her rip. Thank you, sir. Questions from any board members? Thank you. Is there anyone else present who wishes to make a presentation to the board? Board members, do you have any further questions of anyone? Their motion. I'll make a motion to deny the request. Chief Justice Seda has made a motion to deny the request. Is there a second? I'll second the motion. Second by the Attorney General. Are there any questions or is there any discussion on the motion? Mr. Secretary. Justice Paragari? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Cherry? Yes. Justice Douglas? Yes. Chief Justice Seda? Yes. Attorney General Masto? Yes. Governor Sandoval? Yes. Motion to deny passes. Board will be in recess until 11 a.m. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.